Hello and welcome to uh, episode 22 of the Fencing Podcast. Uh, I'm Sean. And I'm Gavin. And here we are again at the beginning of a new season. It feels like forever since the last time, Sean. It does. It's been absolutely ages, to be honest. Um, there's been a whole load of other stuff going on that um, we're only really going to very briefly yeah. give, a, give a nod to. Those of Cadet Junior Action, which to be fair, apart from the fencers and their parents and their coaches, nobody really seems to give a, a huge amount of interest to, so we'll not talk about those. Uh, we've had the World Veterans Championships as well, mm-hmm. which again, not the parents that are interested so much, uh, kids perhaps, coaches, fencers themselves. I watched a fair bit of that, actually, some of it was really very good. Mm-hmm. But, um, again, I don't I don't know that it's our target market, Gav. Where, uh, no, I didn't watch any of the vets, unfortunately. Did you not? No. <laughs> I don't tell them that. Uh, I was busy. I'm sure most of them are too, too old to, to work out the technology to listen to us, so we'll probably be okay. <laughs> so, uh, someone's bound to comment on this, but uh, look, I've got a tiny person, my my time is fairly stretched at the moment. Yeah. Okay. I'm playing well, the baby card. I'm sorry, it's getting played. <laughs> well, I did watch. I did watch some of that. I did enjoy it. And um, congratulations to various various people amongst my amongst my friends who performed well and won medals there. So uh, congratulations to them. And we may even get one of them to uh, to send us a little report about what the the championships were like. I did see the results, and there were some good ones actually for for the home team. Yeah. But anyway, on to, on to where the, the real action is with, mm. the, with the seniors. So things that have been happening during the, the off-season, let's start with, uh, well, a kind of a coach move. A kind of coach move. Kind of a coach move, yeah. Christian Bauer has been in charge of the Sabre programme in Russia for the last two mm-hmm. Olympic cycles, reputedly the, the best-paid coach in the world. And then just a few weeks ago, there was an announcement from the Chinese Fencing Federation that Christian Bauer was coming back China, having coached mm-hmm. there until the 2008 Olympics with an enormous success, was coming back to the idea program. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a big move, that's, that's all very exciting. And then a couple of days later, and then it's from the Russian Federation saying, <laughs> oh, no, I'm afraid he's not. He's still with us and he'll be he'll be working with us uh, through to Tokyo as the head of the Sabre program. This and sounds then, remarkable, like football chat. It's, it is a little <laughs> bit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then well, there was an announcement a few days after that from uh, from Mr. Bauer himself saying, "Oh, bit of a misunderstanding here. Mm-hmm. Uh, was offered the role by Chinese fencer, fencing, you know, very flattered, but um, enjoying the enjoying the work that I'm doing in Russia, and I, I will continue to be here." Um, it does sound a little bit like one of those ones where you know a rumor moves, somebody expresses their interest, and uh, Christian Bauer goes from being the best paid coach in the world to being best paid coach in the world by even more than he was before yeah I think so I, you've got to imagine that he's, uh, he's invested in a gold-plated Rolls Royce or something right now yes I would have thought so yeah, yeah. it's a, yeah, a healthy pay rise I would have thought I think so mm-hmm. certainly the Chinese come calling and are willing to, to prize him away from Russia uh, who certainly reputedly pay very well yeah uh, you've got to think he's, he's on to a good thing and quite happy to stay uh, where he is where he does seem uh, hugely appreciated and perhaps even more so than ever now. yes so, um, so a coaching move that wasn't. Oh well, never mind. Yeah, no, no other news that I've, I've heard of apart from that. No, not really. It's been a bit quiet. I've not, I've been keeping an eye on things, and I've not really noticed any. Yeah, I think it's we're now sort of you know a full season into the this Olympic cycle. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if there are any other major changes this this late. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. You know, you're, yeah. you're already looking at start of Olympic qualifying happening in about eighteen months' time. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that far away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so any change now is going to be. A sign of desperation, or or maybe just the coach has been handed a, a large pay packet. Uh, well, that's all, always a <laughs> possibility. Desperation from the from what's up from one side and the sound of hands rubbing on the other. I think <laughs> that's, that's it's always a winning combination for a move, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So talking of babies, more baby news as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, 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 Di Francisco's had a boy. Yep, uh, Lisa De Francisco, Olympic uh, women's foil champion yep. in 2012 and silver medalist in 2016, mm-hmm. has given birth to a little baby boy called Ettore, or, or Hector, would be the... All right, English, English, I was wondering. Yeah, properly heroic name. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Good, good, um, good choice. I was going to say it's quite a nice name, but I didn't know it was Hector. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. And uh, Manuel Scudis has also given birth to a uh, baby girl, in her Aww. case, um, called Sunday. Oh, name I really like, actually. So uh, congratulations to those two. Mm-hmm. Marielle has, has said that she will be returning to action. Uh, we'll see how, how quickly that happens post her baby arrival. Elisa Di Francisco, less clear what her plans are, whether she's looking yeah, to return or whether. Di Francisco, no. Uh, she'll be, yeah, mid, mid to late 30s. So you've got to think that right now she's thinking about maybe kids are more important 
I don't need to be doing this anymore. Well, certainly she's got a healthy collection of Olympic, Olympic exactly. medals already. You know. And I think dragging yourself back into it one more time. I mean, you could see the same for Marielle. And, and well, fact, the, the, the rumour is that Marielle is coming back. She's saying she's coming back. Yeah. But I think Eliza's slightly different. I think if you're humming and holding about it, yeah, it would be easier to make the decision to say, no, let's, let's yeah. just enjoy it. But Sally's off the scene now. There's a whole pile of hungry Italian girls who followed on behind her. Yeah. She might be thinking, do you know what? It's just time to go and do whatever it is that I do at this sort of stage of my life now. Yeah. Interesting to see. But anyway, yeah. so that's, that's the baby news. I mean, I remember there's one stage of the season where we've given a whole, whole list of fences who were, female fences who were missing from the circuit because yeah. they were uh, pregnant or had kids. But I never got a sort of a full list of those. And these are the only two that I picked up. So there's a whole load of others that have, you know, have been cheerfully producing children all over the place that I'm unaware of. Please, please do let us know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, drop us a line. We, yeah. like it, we like a good gossip. Well, well I'm genuinely curious about this yeah. stuff. It's uh, it's interesting. It makes it makes the whole. So when, uh, from a coaching a point, more human as well. From a coaching point of view, it's always interesting about how these things affect the career of an athlete. I think. Mm. Anyway, so on to uh, some less cuddly news. <laughs> uh, uh, from the time when we we did our last episode, our sort of summing up of the 2016-17 season, there was a proposal from the FI Rules Commission. Mm-hmm. Which caused a terrible furore in fencing circles. I'm going to use the word stushy. A stushy. A fine stushy. Scottish word. Maybe not translate that well to our uh, yeah. more instant international <laughs> audience. But yeah, uh, a, a series of proposals from the, the FI Rules Commission to change things for FP. Mm. Now, they were pretty radical. complicated. <clears throat> they were definitely radical. I'm struggling even to describe them with any sort of succinctness. But basically, the main point about them was um, a kind of a shot clock. Yeah. So one fencer would have the priority. If there was no hit scored within 45 seconds, that fencer would score a point, and yep. then the priority would switch to the other fencer. Mm-hmm. If a hit was scored, regardless of who it was scored for, the priority would also switch. Yeah. It was really complicated. I can't. I mean, Epi Epi's uh, famously simple to understand. Yeah, you hit, you get a point. Yeah. Both hit, you both get a point. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's dead simple, right? Uh, and what the FE were proposing was something which was really complicated to explain. Mm-hmm. And not only was it complicated to explain, it was kind of introducing a sort of pseudo uh, priority rule into a weapon that was specifically created not to have that. Yeah. So it was it it, it was strange, and it was a very strange proposal. And considering the the, the caliber of the FPS behind it you'd have thought they would have come up with something a bit different. Yeah, it was genuinely all-star cast that came up with this yep. this proposal. The proposal was then reviewed by various other commissions. <laughs> everyone else. Every, everyone else, basically. And pretty much everybody else hated it. Mm-hmm. So it caused a terrible panic at the time when this uh, this proposal was mm-hmm. was kind of leaked. Everybody pretty much saying, oh, they hate it, or they tried it out, it's terrible, and... You know, it totally changes the weapon and mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But clearly, it is there to provoke a bit of debate? I think so. Uh, it is the stick behind, you know, that they're holding behind the curtain there. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is the sort of warning shot to Epius. Get, yeah. get more exciting, or this is what we're going to put in. And we're going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have gonna... the opportunity to say, well, maybe there was something in this. Yeah. But at the moment, the the proposal has been withdrawn, so it's not going to be put toward put before the. It's the not FI withdrawn. Congress. It's, she- it's not withdrawn, it's shelved. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> now, is that, is that a, an important distinction? Exactly well, it's withdrawn, withdrawn to me suggests that it's, it, it's, it's been taken away and forgotten about, where the shelves suggest to me that it's literally on a shelf waiting to be pulled off again. That's right, okay. You know? So we've got a couple of boring World Cups, mm-hmm. and this one's trotted out again yep. for, yeah. for further discussion. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been sort of leading a bit of a, a discussion on this uh, on my own Facebook page. And asking other everybody else, what what would they do to fix this? And I've had some interesting results back from just asking like my pals what they would do. Yeah, some of them were good. Some of the suggestions were actually quite interesting and quite good. Some of them were a bit too bureaucratic, in my opinion. Uh, and, and other ones were uh, well, basically stuff that I'd already thought about. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, I think in our very last episode. I actually said, when we were discussing women's epi, I said, if we don't sort this, the FI will set, step in and sort it for us. Yep. And that's what they did. Three months later, it was like I was some kind of, some sort of seer looking into the future. <laughs> you know? 
uh, congratulations, I think. Yeah, well, think, yeah. you know, you know oh, it was horrible. Anyway, never mind. So Mystic Gav says changes are coming. Changes coming whether you like it or not. Uh, and, and look, some of, the, some of the suggestions that I've, I've come across were quite interesting. I think one of them was uh, prioritising uh, street victories, some victories more than others. So you do that as a record-keeping exercise in the background DT. I didn't like it because I don't like more bureaucracy in the sport. It's already pretty bureaucratic as it is. Yep. One of the more interesting ones, though, was if you fail to get the 15 points and you win, mm-hmm. you immediately get a handicap in your next round. Now, that oh, does okay. mean more paper, but there's, that's a fascinating... That's a, there's a fascinating dynamic to that one. Yeah, because it's a frequent claim for low-scoring D fights where nothing happens in the first two periods and they just go, go through two, two lots of non-combativity mm. and roll onto the third period and they get a proper fight for three minutes. Uh, is that it's a energy saver for both fencers? Yep. So whichever one progresses is still feeling reasonably fresh for mm-hmm. the next yeah. for the next round. So it's a kind of um, cordial arrangement between the between yeah. the two fencers. But then you put the sort of handicapping system for if you don't get to fifteen, you have to fence harder. Then you have to you're going to start with a, a deficit in your next yeah. fight, which kind of uh, reduces any any advantage you might have had from only doing three minutes worth of fencing in your DE. I thought this is, this is quite an intriguing idea, and I quite liked it. So a big shout out to Toby. You know who you are mm-hmm. uh, for that one. I thought it was actually quite a good one. I don't know this idea. idea. I think it only addresses one of the reasons why non-combativity happens. So it's, it's not a, it's not a complete solution. No, because what could what could happen here is that the person when you go on on to fence, the person who doesn't have the handicap now has an incentive not to fence. Yeah. Because the other person starts with minus one. Well, fair enough. I just won't fence then. Yeah, I can screw just it. Sit back now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but it is an it is an intriguing one. Uh, one of the ones I've sort of I've, I've I've proposed is fair enough. We just continue as we are, but you don't get any points for the tournament. Uh, sorry, if what happens? Right. So, your passivity is called. Right. Uh-huh. This is how I, this is just just thinking this one through. Passivity is called. Yeah. Referee pulls up. Says right. Pulls out cards. Red cards all round. Uh-huh. Neither of you are getting points for the tournament. You can right. continue with fencing if you like, it's fine. Okay, so you're you not getting points. You're round of applause if you win, yeah. but no World Cup points. Yep, no World Cup points. <laughs> yeah. And that way we're not... So there's a penalty, so we're following the same... The, the rules as they are now. Mm-hmm. We're not in, we're not inflicting black cards on anyone. They can continue if they like. Right. And, you know, there are, but there is a, a, a serious downside to this. Right. It's interesting. Make it, to, make it to the final. All those gorgeous little points you've just... You're about to accrue, you're not getting them now. Yeah. And I think this, this should happen... Uh, no matter what stage of the tournament, do right. that in the one two eight. No, you can still win the tournament if you like. It's cool. Yeah. On we go. I think I think Epi I think Epius is in particular faced with faced with a sanction like that would fence their their socks off. <laughs> right. Because it's so important that they maintain the ranking. Yeah. If you're gonna have even a small chart. Anyway, I quite like this as a that was an idea. That was one I came up with. Mm-hmm. There was the other one is obviously what the coaches committee said about the proposed rule change, which was just to me and I love the f- turn of phrase for this, which is Make passivity not cool. Yeah, you know, just basically change the culture. Just say it's just not cool, but just not doing it. I think that is just about possible, but it's going to take a long time because if you're winning, winning is kind of inherently cool, and yep. to some degree, people couldn't care less. In fact, to a large degree, people can care less how they win. It's not. It's not a style competition. If you're in there trying to win, you're looking for for doing it in a way that is most likely to produce a win for you. And you're largely not going to care about how that looks. You're not, you're not there to please. No, I understand that. Because we, we here, we're talking, I mean, I make this comment all the time to the guys I coach, which is it doesn't matter how you win, mm-hmm. win efficiently. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No one's looking at you. No one expects you to, to pull a, you know, a miles hit from nowhere or no one's expecting you to showboat your way out of a tournament. Right. Okay, what they want, what, what you want to do is you want to get to the end of the tournament and be in the winning position. Yeah, you know. So, so th- those are some of the more interesting. There were some sort of out there ones about you know attaching electrodes to parts of people's bodies, things the like one that. One I, I suggested quite early in the season last year, and okay. I, I stick by it. It would certainly <laughs> be effective. Yeah, it is, it is, it is something else. But I just want to sort of sort of say again to the Epi community that we, we kind of need to sort ourselves out. We can't continue like this, otherwise something horrible is going to happen. Yeah. At least we now know what the what the big stick looks like mm, in the FIU. Exactly. FIU and, have in store. And it's 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 horrible. So Yeah. Yeah. You can to avoid that. Okay, so let's actually talk about oh no hang so there's one more thing before we actually get to some proper fencing action. Mm-hmm. The return of celebrity blades. Something that I've mm. noticed uh, mm. online over the last couple of months. 
couple of well-known fencers with big social media presences, both pretty successful, now producing, well, now having Blades produced for them uh, with their with their endorsement and their name on them. Yeah. So we've got the Max Heinzer Blade. Yep, the Max Heinzer Epi Blade being produced by, by BF mm-hmm. um, and being distributed by Max himself, I believe. I mean, he has a, a garage full of, of Epi Blades with his name on, waiting to, to ship around the world. I don't understand why you'd want to take on the distribution. Surely get someone else to do that. But anyway, never mind. It's up to him, I guess. Yep. And the other one's uh, Ray Simberton producing, or rather, again, having BF produce the blades to be distributed by All Star as uh, part of the Ray Simberton Gold line. Mm. So um, I don't think those blades are available just yet. I think they're yeah. still still being tested by, by young Ray himself. I- I'm in two minds about this, because we have talked briefly about this. I'm mm. in two minds about it. I know that we want the sport, well, the powers that be essentially want the sport to go this way with celebrity endorsements because it helps sell product and merchandise off the back of the sport, which is how other sports will work. Like tennis is the one I'm thinking of. I, well, I think to a degree, sports sell itself, well, sports sell itself on the basis of the personalities that are involved. Very few sports are capable of selling themselves purely on the product of the, the sport. Oh, that's true. Well, that's, that's true. Uh, and I think that's true of almost of almost any sport. I'm, I'm struggling to think of a sport where you think purely of the sport without thinking of the personalities and the players, and not necessarily always even the, the best players or the best performers, but the people who are the, the biggest names in the, in the sport. Yeah, but, you know, like celebrity endorsement in sport isn't anything new. I mean, we're sort of joking about this, you know, get the get the Palo Pizzo, uh sweat bands. Get I'd, the, I'd buy one of those. Yeah, the leaky for socks. You know, you start selling these to, to, to your Joe Bloggs fencer out in the streets yeah. saying, well, if you, you know, you know, buy some of these things, get some of their magic pixie dust. Yeah. It's going to make you a better fencer, right? I mean, celebrity endorsed, uh, celebrity, mm. in inverted commas, endorsed uh, fencing equipment is nothing new. Because mm. uh, I'm sure there was cold cough blades. We talked about that. Yeah. I'm sure there was. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong. I remember it's, it's, something. It's something that's not been around for, for a little while, actually. And the blades. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, suddenly these, these two, two new endorsements. I think I think in this case, uh, in both cases, both of them, as you see, have got a high social media presence. Yeah, and a re- uh, there's very few fencers at the moment who, ha- who are recognisable in a sort of a mass way. Out, maybe even outside of the sport, race is definitely one of them. Miles would be another one. I'm surprised Miles doesn't have an endorsement like this, like the Miles mask. It's, you know, I, I don't know what it would so be. many others. I don't know, yeah. he's struggling to find space for any more. Yeah, uh, some of the some of the continental uh, female foilists in Epis, for example, quite yeah. well known. So I would. I'm a bit surprised there isn't a bit more of this going on. So maybe, maybe some, maybe, well, you know, Max, Max has got his own brand of cheese. So this is true. You yeah. know, so, so he's, he's obviously, he's quite savvy in that respect. He's, he's quite socially active and he, he knows, he knows about his brand and what it is that he, he can do there. So yeah. Plus he's got his own TV channel. <laughs> he's got his own TV channel. Yeah. yeah. Top that. <laughs> has there ever been any, has there been anyone else in the history of the sport that's had a TV channel? No, not that I know of. No, exactly. You might be, you might be call of cough. You might be a Romankov, but you've never had a TV channel. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's quite good actually. Yeah, yeah, I've seen bits and bobs in it. It's quite yeah. funny, yeah. and it's uh, and it's it's quite funny. It does have sort of little bits and pieces that you know that come out on it pretty regularly. Yeah. Plus, his, his coverage of his own fights at World Cups and Grand Prix is actually pretty good. Yeah, and in a lot of, in the case of a lot of the World Cups where the coverage isn't always so good, that's actually the best place to get some yeah some good some yeah. good action footage. Yeah. Like you know, some people, some some of my friends are not so keen on this, and see you know, mm. Maxi. Mm. But he is kind of that. There is a future here that I can see where this becomes more normal. Uh, in other sports, I don't think it's. I don't know if there's other sports actually where you get a channel dedicated to an athlete though. I can't think of any, but certainly in sports where it's an individual sport and there's a personality involved, you do see the cameras go to that personality and yeah, take reactions definitely. all the time. So it's not, in that sense, it's not that unusual, but I think Max has taken it a little bit further. Anyway. Okay, so should we talk about some actual things? Yeah, let's take it. I'm a bit bored of talking about merchandising. Let's <laughs> talk about something else. <laughs> I tell you, though, I still do want that uh, Paolo Pizza sweatband. I've got Paolo on Instagram. I'll send him a message. Thanks. <laughs> Help him with his marketing. Yeah. He's quite funny. He's quite a funny guy, actually. But anyway, never mind. Yep. So, yeah, so first senior World Cup action of the season. Mm-hmm. Sees a return to Cancun in Mexico for mm. the Women's Foil World Cup. Now, those of you who were with us last year, I think it was our our second episode 
were there ready for the start of the season, all excited for Cancun. And in terms of actual coverage, last year was an absolute washout. No live results, no live feed. And the only way you could find out anything about it as it was actually going on was occasional posts on Instagram from USA Fencing and That's right. from Ariana Arrigo telling us how she'd got on. Yep. And to be honest, this year it wasn't really a whole lot better. No. Still no live results. You would, well, most, most of the information that came out of Cancun this year seemed to be on the Mexican Fencing Federation's Facebook page. Still no, I mean, all the software for running competitions has the option of posting it online as it happens. Yes. So you can run the tiniest little youth competition in the sports hall down the road from you and have the whole world know about the results that are happening. Yeah. So it's not difficult to do. No. I mean, this was the same weekend as the Scottish Open, a kind of medium-sized open event in, in our hometown. They had live results. Yeah. They knew what was happening after each round, after each stage of the direct elimination. So you get a Senior World Cup in Cancun, and you get none of that. No. So that was immensely frustrating. But I, I remember I didn't even know, I, I thought there wasn't any stream streaming at all. Mm-hmm. So I've not seen any of this at all. Yeah. You know. What they did manage to do was to produce a kind of a live stream, well, a Facebook Live. Uh, for those of you who are on Facebook a lot, uh, it's something that Facebook have introduced relatively recently, I think maybe in the last year or so, where yeah. you can film something on your phone, basically, and stream it onto mm-hmm. Facebook on your on your page. And uh, that's what the Mexican Fencing Federation did for the second semi-final of the individuals and the final. And they did the same for the bronze medal match and gold medal match in the teams as well yeah. on, on the Sunday. So you might, you might think, oh, well, that's a bit better. But it wasn't really. It was genuinely filmed by, I think, a 13-year-old on their mobile phone with no lens, no tripod, terrible lighting, yeah. a long way away from the piece, standing more or less directly behind the referee. We will put a link in the show notes so you can see the full horror of it, of it for yourselves, but it was bad. Yeah, I mean, I'll give them, you know, 10 out of 10 for effort. No, but there comes a but well, like, nothing, <laughs> there comes a point where you, you try but you fail, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure they should have tested this first to see what it looked like. And if it, if it, if it seen what it looked like, I think they went, went, might have went. No, let's just not bother, because it was it was difficult to watch. I mean, I, I hadn't seen any of this until we until we prepped for the show. Yeah, and I said, "Look, oh, Lee Kiefer, it's my favourite women's foilist of the moment. Look, it's Lee. Oh no, I can't see her for the glare of the big curtain thing in the background with the yeah. light on it, because that's all I could see was the glare on it. I couldn't actually see anything at yeah. all. Terrible. So." I don't. I don't want to be too too down on the Mexican Federation. I suspect there wasn't very much money available for it. But yeah, you could have. They could have done something a bit better. Well, you reckon that you could have made the the filming of it better by buying a small lens, a small lens for the, the camera, yeah, the phone, and buying a tripod. A total cost of what about know, twenty quid or something? Twenty like that. pounds. Yeah. I mean, so you could have pushed the bolt out and spent forty or something. Oof, but, you yeah. Know. Um, I think they probably should have been able to come up with that. Yeah, and I mean, if they'd, I'm sure if they'd asked around, they would have known someone. So there must be someone in the area who knows how to operate a camera. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sure if you just asked the fencers themselves, they would know. Someone will know someone. You yeah. Know? So it looked terrible, and it was hard to find out what was going on. Yeah. But the end result was, um, well, we get a win for well, your favourite women's foilers, Lee Kiefer, to, yeah. uh, to Golden Cancun. Mm-hmm. Looks like it was a terrific fight as well. It was. Um, I did watch that. I, I toughed it out through mm-hmm. the terrible quality footage that was available. And a, a 15-14 win. Really exciting fight. Kiefer probably looked in control of things for, for most of it. Mm-hmm. Two lights of 14 all. Volker looked far more excited and convinced that she she had made the attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 all goes, has to go to video replay. Yeah. You know, a two-second look and the referee decides that it was... Uh, right, stop a second. Uh, video attack. replay? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah, we're not going to see that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have to because it's a World Cup. Mm, yeah. Okay. So they have to let us see anything good, but they do okay. have to have video. That's fine. Yeah, from the last 32 onwards. Right. Okay. That's on fine. all the pieces. That's fine. Yeah, I know. So, Lee Kiefer takes a win with at least Volpe second. The other two semi-finalists, Volpe defeated uh, Ariana Rigo pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 15-7 win in one semi. Uh, and Lee Kiefer uh, so off 
Martina Bettini. Yeah. So a pretty good day for the Italians with three at three at the top four. Yeah. Uh, but with Nikki Fortunari on top. I mean, just looking at the entry list, I mean, it's a small event. It's only thirty-five entries. No, no, no. I've only printed off the top. Oh, right. Is that like, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's more than that. I can't okay. remember exactly how many were, okay. but you know, a, a decent number, one hundred and forty or something. Oh, like right. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's just because I've, I've only got one sheet in front of me there. Uh, oh. Yes, because I well. I've, Printed out a lot of stuff. Okay, fair <laughs> I've already I've already destroyed roughly half a rainforest worth of, of paper and produced some of the various of results and and D tables for for this without producing all the all the placings. Yeah, so I mean, really, the only probably big name that was missing from the event was uh, Ina Derekozova. Right. Okay. Uh, so you know, one Olympic champion not there, but mm-hmm. everybody else. Yep. Out to play. Others in the, the last eight, Teamers of France, Nicole Ross, the USA, Pauline Robbie, France and Eleanor Harvey were the, the other four that made up the, the top eight. Yeah, a lot of a lot of big names in there. But with Kiefer coming out of the top again, which generally speaking makes us pretty happy, I'd Yeah, say. it makes me happy. I'm yeah. just sad I didn't get to see it. I'll have to, I'll have to track down our link and sit well, and watch it. Yeah, track down the, the terrible footage and you know you can you can enjoy the fencing while at the same time being horrified at just how bad <laughs> uh, it's possible to make world-class fencing look. Right. Team event. Last year, it, there was almost no point watching any of the, the women's four team events because Italy won absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won all the World Cups, they won the European Championships, and they won the World Championships. And it very much looked like that was going to be the case again here. Um, Italy cruised their way through, put out Japan in the last eight. Defeated Canada very comfortably in the semi final. Uh, Canada having had a good win against France in mm-hmm. the last eight. And Italy eventually facing. Russia, who had just out, edged out USA in the other semi-final, mm. uh, a 45-44. And going into the, the final fight, Italy were leading 40-31. So you think, yeah, Ariane Arrigo in there to finish things off in a thoroughly business-like manner. She goes 42-32 up, so 10-hit lead, all going fine. And because of the terrible, terrible footage, <laughs> I couldn't actually work out who the Russian was that she was fencing right. in the final fight. I think it might have been uh, Zagadolina, but I'm not absolutely certain right, about okay. that. Again, because there was no scoreboard up on yep, the screen, yep. <laughs> the footage was all kind of out of focus. You couldn't make out names out in back oh, of jackets. But whoever it was went absolutely ballistic at this point and scored 13 unanswered hits uh, See, for Russia a- to win 45-42. See, that is the kind of quality comeback you want to watch. Yeah. You want to watch that. Absolutely. Mm, okay. So instead we've got some grainy, out-of-focus stuff. You could just about make out what was going on. You could see the lights coming on. Mm-hmm. you still got this terrible refresh- reflection off the curtain at the back. Uh, but yeah, an amazing comeback and a win and a win for the Russians. Right. Uh, and here we go at the end of it, just looking like she didn't quite know what had happened there. She looked so, so well in control of things. Yeah, and then suddenly she wasn't, and it was all over. And she was like, "Oh, okay then." <laughs> yeah, is that it? Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. So that was Cancun. You gave them ten out of ten for effort. It looked like it should have been a great, great weekend of fencing, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Really? Yeah. Disappointed in you once again, Cancun. No doubt you'll get another shot next year. Please, please, please try harder. My rates are reasonable. They could fly me over. I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, how reasonable? I don't know. Just, just give me. I don't know. Just we'll, we'll work out. Mexico, if you're listening, just, just get on the phone. We'll sort something out. Yeah, I'll, tu- I'll turn up with a camera and film it for you. Yeah, I, I can talk with this foil as well. Yeah, there we go. So there you have a couple of return flights and a week in the sunshine. Sorry, a week of following <laughs> the fencing closely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we could do that. So anyway, next foil next from Cairo. Cairo, another moderately exotic location. Mm-hmm. Cairo did have live results. They did have live results. Didn't have a whole load of live streaming apart from the finals. Yeah. Now, most of the competition is run like every other World Cup in a big sports hall, traveling on, this could be anywhere. No live streaming of that. Nope. A little bit disappointing. And again, the Egyptian Federation chose to transmit the semi-finals and finals using Facebook Live. Seems, mm-hmm. to, be, seems to be the way to go. I'm assuming that it's a kind of relatively cheap and easy option to do. But this looked great. Right. Good camera set up, mm-hmm. amazing setting because it's set basically at the foot of the pyramids with the Sphinx in the background. Yep. You're not going to get a more incredible setting for no, not for a World Cup. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And, and, it, and obviously we watched this. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, we definitely, definitely watched watched it because able to follow the live results as they were going on during the day. Yep. Various points of interest. 
Keith Cook from, from our club, back in action in the World yeah. Cup circuit, making a last 64. Uh, we have to talk about this very mm-hmm. briefly, because he went up against Fujino of Japan yep. and came back from being 8-1 down yep. to win. So, uh, what was it, 15-11 in the end? 15-12. Uh, 15-12. Yeah. Which I think, not, come on now, that's a solid effort. That's, it's pretty good for an old guy. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> well done, Keith. <laughs> yeah, no offence, Keith, but yeah, well done. Um, so, he, he was eventually knocked out in the last 64 by his teammate Richard Cruz. Yes. Uh, 15-12, a very respectable score. It made to look even more respectable as the day wore on, mm-hmm. and Richard glided his way through the competition until we got down to our last four with Cruz against Kalong Chung mm-hmm. of Hong Kong, just out of juniors, really exciting fencer, and second semi-final against, uh, between Alessio Fukuni and the young man, Mr. Ibudin, yes. uh, our, one of our celebrities in, in the second semi. The rest of the last eight consists of uh, Alex Marcialis, Giorgio Avila, Andrea Cassara, and a very good result from young French fencer uh, Alexander Sido. Yes, that's right. A uh, couple of absentees from this one. There was no uh, no Daniel Garozzo and no Kimer Safin. Garozzo apparently has an injury and will be out probably until the Grand Prix in Turin in December. Oh, okay. uh, and I'm not sure why Safin wasn't there. Just Better things to do. Yeah. But <laughs> other than that, pretty much everybody was there. Yeah. So obviously with the British involvement, involvement we... That, that does always uh, pique our interest more than just a little. Mm-hmm. And Rich has been in, in very fine form, hopefully. He won the, won the last Grand Prix of the season in Shanghai. Top 8 finish at the European Championships. Top 8 finish at the, at the World Championships. And, and looking in fantastic form here. And he gave gave Chung uh, an absolute thrashing with a 15-6 in that semi-final. Just uh, a man in absolutely tremendous form. And to think, to think at this point in the semi-finals... He looks like a guy who's just, top, well, I mean, like at the very, very, very top of his game. Yeah, somebody you know? who totally understands what his fencing's made up of. Yeah, and yeah. you know, watching watching careers, mm-hmm. uh, Richard's career over long case, time, about now. fifteen, yeah. sixteen, seventeen years, long time anyway. Yeah, the various highs and lows, but you know, recently he is just like a man who, who totally knows where his game is. And that's, that's exactly how it looked against Talong Chun in this, in this semi-final. No panic, totally in control of things, beautiful timing, nice variety of, oh. of moves, mixture of attack and defence, good kind of attacks, yeah. perfect control of distance. It was lovely. It was lovely. Very yeah. relaxed. Very relaxed in his fencing, I thought. It's one of those things where, where it's world-class fencing made to look easy. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of putting it, yeah. So, a joy to behold and into the final for Richard. A bit more give and take in the, other, in the second semi-final. Imboden charged out to uh, an early lead. I think he was something like six one up. Okay, it was something like that yeah. uh, against Fukuni. But in the end, Fukuni uh, kind of toughed it out. He, he kept things pretty simple and made plenty of allowance for Imboden trying to do too much, trying to go for things that are too fancy and were low percentage hits, too many flicks. And Fukuni quite happy to to pick up hits with the knees and the doubles mm-hmm. in sort of reasonable confidence that. Uh, that anybody would try too much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, there was that comment, you know, you, nobody cares how you win, just yeah, win, win efficiently. Yeah. Um, so this this was not beautiful fencing. No. It wasn't somebody looking in fantastic form, but somebody who managed to find a, a way to win a fight that he looked, he looked a little bit out of at the start of. Mm-hmm. So ended up a, a reasonably comfortable win with a, with a 15-11. But, you know, he, he, he didn't go down... He, he could have just gone down, but he didn't. He scrapped because he backed Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. He so, thought, so. Well, that's still with a chance, I'll... Yeah. And he's still one of my favourite foilers from the moment. You know, he just he is. I know. I know you're quite a big fan. I find that his fencing really has the kind of fluency that I really enjoy in in men's foil. So while I admire the sort of battling qualities of his fencing and his, his ability to think his way through a fight, mm-hmm. the actual sort of basics of his uh, of his technique don't, don't appeal to me so much. That's yeah. just a just a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I I quite like the fact that he's going to battle his way through it. Yeah, scrap his way out of trying to scrap his way out of whatever corner he's in. Anyway. So anyway, on to the final, and yeah, totally one-sided. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't expect this. I'm going to be honest. I didn't. I well, didn't expect it. If, if you think back to the the final in Shanghai, in the Grand Prix in Shanghai, where Richard beat Fukuni there as well. Well, that's true. And yeah. that was a very one-sided final. And this was like that, but even more so. Yeah, it was a battering. It was an absolute battering. Yeah, over in no time and a 15-5 win for Richard. So no doubt when I come to do the editing for this, I will once again find the opportunity to play the British National Anthem <laughs> this little bit of discussion because uh, 
uh, it brings me a, a very deep and sincere joy to see which are going to happen. Uh, it makes great radio that the two of us are standing here saluting the flag. Yep. If, if you want to picture that, <laughs> do it now. So, talking of which, on to the, on to the team event. Predictable top four in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much the same top four in men's foil in the team events every single time. Bar very, very occasional aberration from one of them. So, uh, USA, Russia, Italy and France were your semi-final lineup. Russia just edged out France in the first semi-final with a 44-43 Although Nepeshu not quite managing to perform his uh, Houdini style magic and dragging the French into the final this time. Did he score a pile of hits and go down, go down anyway? <laughs> I didn't watch this, so I don't know. I, I didn't watch this one either, actually. Again, yeah. it was, uh, I had a few other things to, to keep me occupied at that point. And in the second semi final, USA disposed of Italy uh, with a, a 45 42, so a reversal of the yeah. final of the World Championships. So two closely fought semi-finals, mm-hmm. but a pretty one-sided final in the end, USA yeah. giving Russia an absolute crashing with a, a 45-26 in the final. Um, a little bit surprised, actually, that, that Russia got past France because um, I do get the feeling now that for Russia to perform at the best, they, they do really want to have Timur Safin in the, their team. Mm-hmm. So without him there, um, I was surprised to see them getting past France. Mm-hmm. They were badly beaten up when they got there against the USA. And the reason I say that, uh, well, talking about us, you know, standing and saluting during the, um, our playing with the British National Anthem, uh, two, two of the American team took a knee when the American National Anthem was played, mm. when the medals were, were presented. So Ray Simpleton and Miles Chandler Watson, uh, both, both knelt. Now, I'm not American. I'm not black. Yeah. Um, I'm not a political commentator. Um, so I don't have a strong feeling whether this is a this is one of those American things or a yeah. bad thing or whether I should be surprised or delighted or, or outraged so all, all I'm going to do is note that it happened yep it's an American thing yeah. so it doesn't doesn't I don't understand it either so it, it happened yep yes but just yeah, worth, worth mentioning mm-hmm. okay. so that was um, that was Cairo and yeah. it was good <laughs> yeah the the Facebook live footage it, it can work it can work for finals Cairo should how it should look it, again it all, it all comes down to what you're using to, to actually do the yeah. recording right so, yeah, our next, so onwards onwards and upwards our yeah, next, ha- our next happening th- at the same time uh, so yeah women's epi from uh, from Tallinn in Estonia mm-hmm. I must admit I didn't see well any of this at all to be fair okay uh, and I had my hands in a cabin cabinet so in the semi-final we've got Gukova versus Belyayeva in our first one uh, the interesting thing about this tournament is it looks like there's quite a lot of fights going to 15, so maybe they, they heard me speaking in the ether and decided to actually go for it these days. It's possible, yeah. It's it's not always a, a safe assumption to make, though, that you know because a fight's gone to 15 hits, that it has been, been a brilliant. lot of action. Yeah. What you do quite often get with with epi fights are ones that they get to 15 hits, mm-hmm. but you know half those yeah. hits happen in the final minute once somebody's got, True. got a lead. True. But the, what, what, what I'm going to do here is, because I haven't had a chance to catch up with this, I think I'll record, I'll do a little podcast extra on it. I'm going to sit and watch it. Okay. Because I can't make any... The thing is, if it is still awful, at the end of the year, <laughs> I won't be able to have my rant again unless I've watched it. Right. So so I'm going to watch this. So we'll just talk about the scores. And I'll, I'll, I, my impression is that this is, everything has gone to time. Everything's gone, gone correctly. People scoring points. Good. Okay. That's my assumption. So we're going, to, we're going to go for a, a thoroughly positive outlook on this, say, mm-hmm. and say... Talents with me, women's AP individual, was great. Yeah, we're going to go for that. Hurrah! Exactly. For that. But I'm going to Oof. talk about, we'll talk about the scores because the, the last four is a pretty, pretty good. You've got Believa, got Good Kova, and uh, Good Kova wins over Believa 15 8. And then the other, the other semi final was probably, I'm guessing this one is much, much higher, uh, much, the con- we contested at a much higher rate basically because we've got uh, uh, Shashkovac versus uh, Navaria mm-hmm. of Italy. And it was very close with uh, Navaria edging it out 15-13. Now, I'm going to put my money down and just say that I think that, that's probably quite close. And I'm sure that of all the fights in that uh, in those semifinals, that's the one to watch. But, as I say, we'll, we'll do a podcast extra. I'll sit down and I will watch these fights and I will see ye or nay whether or not anyone was listening to me. Okay. <laughs> and then in the final, we've got uh, Gukova versus Navaria. And Navaria edges it out 15-12. So, I'm actually, I'm genuinely quite interested here to, to see, see what, what that, to see what, what that, that was all about. Without, yeah. You know, looking beyond just yeah. the scores. 
Okay, but at the moment we'll give it a tentative thumbs up and mm-hmm. it's uh That's right. Uh there were no seven six wins or yeah. five yeah. five threes at time. Okay, fingers crossed you're that we're right on this one. Yeah. But um that's my feeling just looking at the scores. Okay. I thought one interesting thing to note there was that all the last eight were European. Yeah, no Chinese fencers. No Koreans. No Koreans. The in the top sixteen, all European apart from Natalie Mohausen of Brazil, who's mm-hmm. not kind of really Brazilian. She's French, really. She's French or Italian? French. She tra- I'm sure she trains in France. Or she used to, anyway. I think Italy, but anyway. Okay. Um, and Shimakawa of, of Japan mm-hmm. uh, also made the last 16. So it is a very uh, Eurocentric discipline, uh, women's epi at the moment. There doesn't seem to be a... Yeah, and looking through the top, top 32... Outside, outside of European... European countries and women's happy. It's early. It's still early in the year. So maybe yeah, I, I agree. Could, it's it's only one. Yeah. It's only one competition. Yeah, and it's it's interesting just looking at the top thirty-two, and as you say, there is no you know East Asian fencer in that list at all. So we you know, and there are some good ones out there. We know there are. Yep. So where are they? What are they doing? What are they up to? Don't know. Yep. Wasn't wasn't happening for them. Yeah. And this one, mm-hmm. but China China did take bronze in the team event. So they were definitely in the country. Definitely there. Yeah, yeah. they are just not, you know, not it's like, setting the head of the light in the individual. You know what it's like in Epi, though? Sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't work out for you. So it could just be an event where it didn't work out for them in the individual. So Right, so, and in the, and in the team event, what, as, as you were saying, uh, China were there. So they were present. They just didn't do well in the individual. Yeah, so uh, third for China, France taking the win, and Italy finishing second. Again, I, I didn't see any mm-hmm. of this. And I've not had a look at the scores to tell yeah. whether that looked like it's a, a thrill a minute stuff either. So uh, you will have a bit of a b- bit of video catch up work. To yeah, do. and then uh, we'll do it. We'll do. We'll release a bit of a podcast extra. It's just, just yeah, a time thing. A mini a mini cast to to give our opinion uh-huh. on whether talent was good, bad, and different. Positive advert for uh, for Epi and something that the FI should be thoroughly delighted with, or further further reason to to bring out the big stick. Yes. So almost then. What's our next tournament? Or the All Women's Saber in mm. France? Yes. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much everyone there. Uh, so it looks that way. Nice, nice, easy to get to European venue, mm-hmm. uh, and a fairly good day for the Italians with a uh, with a top two finish. Uh, mm-hmm. Rosella Gregorio taking the win against Loretta Gulotta in the final comfortable win. Semi-finals. I watched watched a fair bit of this. I was slightly distracted at various times. Partly, of course, my interest was in how Ariana Rigo was getting on mm-hmm. with her, her continued uh, adventures in Saberland, uh, and she had she had a pretty decent day. Uh, made made the last sixteen, mm-hmm. narrowly edged out by Marin Bruni in a 15-14 loss. I think she was actually ahead in that that match, and maybe even fourteen twelve up. So it could have been a, an even better day for Ariana Rigo. There wasn't quite not quite into the top eight. And with the Italians taking the top two places, mm-hmm. uh, still looks like very hard work for her to, to make the team. So, first semi final was Glotta against uh, Bianca Pascu of Romania, mm-hmm. who was a, a bit of a, um, you know, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? A sort of journeyman fencer until last season. And she got a good result. She made a medal at one of the World Cups. And as I don't uh, remember, produced, I can't remember which one it was either, but uh, it was a kind of breakthrough result for her. And right. she's, you know, another. Uh, another World Cup medal in Orléans. So, well, we know the Romanians are good at saber anyway. Uh, certainly on the certainly on the main side, yeah, uh, they, they've had a very very strong teams in the past. Uh, but uh, Bianca Pascu now they find the flag with you know, some genuine vigor for mm-hmm. uh, for Romanian women's saber. Yeah, uh, and she was narrowly edged out by by Gulotta with a, a fifteen fourteen in the, semi, in the first semi final. Yeah, really I, fight. I, I watched the finals for this as well. So, and in the second semi final, uh, Gregorio. Uh, defeated Manon Bruni, so the, the home crowd, French crowd, do love their. They do love to see their their own countrymen and women doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of support for Bruni in that fight, but uh, a fairly comfortable win in the end, really for for Gregorio. As you pointed out, my simple description for it is very aggressive, very aggressive, very aggressive. Yeah, and and Manon couldn't couldn't quite get her head around that. There wasn't. I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I, I promised this year I would watch every single women's saber event. And if you remember in the last podcast, mm-hmm. said I'd yeah, make an effort this year. Okay, and what struck me about Gregorio was that 
I, 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 this is just from watching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like she has two moves. She right. runs forward and she slashes up the way. <laughs> she runs forward, she slashes down the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not a whole load of backward steps in offence, and it's true. No, um, no. I mean, if she was bigger, more male, and more Korean, you might say, "Oh well, you know, that's that's just how it I is. saw a predictable power <laughs> power base scheme." Yeah, and there is a degree of that, but the reason it's adopted so so widely is because it's very effective. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and certainly when you're having a good day. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Isabella like Gregoria, yeah, Gregoria was clearly having, yeah, it's almost devastatingly effective. Yeah. Uh, she, she, I mean, she put out Anna Marton um, in the last eight as well, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like she'd had a an easy run uh, to go Marton Brune and then to defeat her her teammate Galotta fifteen six in the final. I, I did notice uh, just watching this that, and I think it was against uh, against Brune. I think it was uh, she would run. She would step forward very quickly. I shouldn't say run because I don't have to cross the feet. Yeah, no but step forward very quickly. She would slash up the words out of the way. Hit mm-hmm. Bruni. Next time she came forward, Bruni would be ready for this and, and be ready for the load. <laughs> the, and then she'd go the other direction. And this is basically what the, this was the variation in her game. I kind of admire it. You kind of like terriers. Everyone loves a terrier, mm. you know. But uh, yeah, it was it was it's quite it was quite entertaining, and it, you know. And it was very well presented. We've been talking a little bit. I had a good old whinge about it. Yeah. And uh, only all was really good to look at. Really nice. Yep. All all four coloured pieces streamed on on YouTube. So that's further progress from the French. They've, they've moved away from the extra uh, daily motion as their the way of posting live videos. Yeah. They've now finally got their own YouTube channel, which looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And as always with the, with the French events, beautifully mm. presented. I got a message about that. Mm-hmm. about this when I commented in fact oh look it's on YouTube this is great uh-huh. and, and basically it was just a little cheeky wink from the uh, whoever's running the, the Twitter feed for the French <laughs> Federation <laughs> I, I'm starting to worry about your relationship with the French Federation's Twitter Twitter people they're great honestly they're, they're really great the other thing to mention about Orléans is that it, it was really well presented and it was there were some strange things going on in it yeah I mean I had the full sort of opening ceremony Oddities, which seem to be compulsory for any World Cup, that really, really means it. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a Grand Prix. I mean, it was really, really well presented. But I think it was also a, a, a centenary year or a fifty years or something like that for them. It was. Uh, it was an event. There was a thing. There was yes, a sign up. Thir- thirty or forty years, I think it was. Whatever it was, it, it was a milestone event for them as well. So there was clearly a bit more effort put into it. Uh, and they also put on a chocolate documentary. Yeah, and we like that. We did, and apparently it's a chocolate, a chocolate version of the trophy. So, you know, whoever wins that, I really hope... Whoever's got that, I really hope the chocolate was nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, lots, lots of reasons for us to like Orléans. Yeah, maybe not maybe not the most exciting winner, with a, a fairly one-dimensional style, but, um, yeah, beautifully presented, lots of coverage, all on YouTube rather than doing motion, all the streams. Two thumbs up for me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, Cancun, if you're wondering what a World Cup should look like, have a look at Orléans. Mm. That's the way to do it. Anyway, enough of me uh, berating uh, Cancun. Yeah. Uh, team event, Russia won. They had a pretty disappointing day in the individual. Uh, no Russians in the top eight. Olympic champion Yana Gorian went out comparatively early. I think she went out in the last 32. So that was a, a bit of a disappointment for her. Uh, Olga Karlan, world champion, Went out to one of our teammates, can't remember which one now, I think also in the last 32 and maybe the last 16. But yeah, early departures for those two. But Russia coming good in the team event, defeating defeating France in the final. France strikes me as such a, a strong team, there's so much um, depth in that team. It always slightly surprises me when they don't win. Last season, the results were, you know, they won some. Yeah. Basically, filled sort of any position in the top eight, mm-hmm. and it was a, a coin toss about which one it would be. Uh, and it just, just strikes me as that that's the team that probably should be dominant. It doesn't yeah, quite I, seem to I, I, manage it at the moment. Didn't we talk about this? And it was like, it's a, they're always there or thereabout, but they're not, just weren't quite getting it. You know, there was something the team wasn't quite working. Yeah. And again, they're going close, but in the end, pretty comfortably beaten by Russia in the final with a, a 45-32 win for the Russians there. Mm-hmm. So that was Orléans. Like, it was very good. I really enjoyed it. So on to the highlight of the fencing season for you so far. Uh, a lot of stuff there to make you very happy. Well, uh, some bits, yeah, maybe not so much. Yep. Men's Epi from Bern. Well, it's in, it's basically, it's in Switzerland, so it's the, the home country for our man, man of the moment, 
Max Heinzer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's loads of money in Switzerland, so you expect to be presented well and uh, everything to work. But it turns out that just like every fencing tournament, it happens a hole. Uh, so well, yeah. I mean, what, what do you want? Some sort of Swiss chateau or something? I, I don't know. I, what I want is I want chocolate documentaries, and so I want dancing, and I want coloured piece, and I want that nice dark background mm. and well lit fencers. Yeah. But what we got was a sports hall somewhere in Bern. Uh, so anyway, I wasn't particularly impressed with the setup of it. Oh, the other thing was that whoever was running the camera, they were. Thoroughly annoying cameramen who just kept wiggling the camera and looking in corners and stuff like that. Right. Uh, we hear that it was students, but we don't know exactly what was going on there. And then just to make matters worse, uh, we get to the we get to the, the last four and the stream cut out. Mm, yeah. Uh, so we didn't get to see any of the semi-finals live. We had to watch them later. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, nobody could figure out what the scores were because the scores were all over the place too. So clearly there was a technical issue in the hall. So yeah. uh, I was on the YouTube feed at the time, killing time with the chat, and basically everyone was going mad. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing to note is the sheer number of huge Ukrainians that we had in the last four. They, there was a lot. There was yeah. a lot of Ukrainian action. Three out of four. In the last four, yeah. I mean, Bogdan Akishin, a well-established name. Yeah. Not the most exciting but an no, efficient fencer. But yeah, very much so. Yeah. Uh, and a man, in, a man in good form, certainly towards the end of last season. Yeah. So perhaps no surprise that he was there, but joined by uh, two of his teammates. Yeah. Um, substantially less well known. Um, certainly Igor Ryslin. I can't no. say I'd honestly heard of him no. before. Uh, and Vladimir uh, Stankovic, I had heard of before. But yes, not Stankovic any, before, yeah. Not, not a superstar by any means. So very, very good day for Ukraine. When, oh, they, when the semi-finals yeah. lined up, uh, however, <laughs> however, what? Well, okay, shall we go for it? Yep, come on, time for your rant. Right, so we we talked at length at the start of the podcast about the FIE stick and why it's being why it's sitting there in a cupboard waiting to be pulled out to beat Epius over the head with, and it's four matches like first semi-final mm. between uh, either yes, second semi-final. Sorry, games. second semi-final. Uh, sorry. The all Ukrainian matchup between Reisling and Nikishin. Yeah, so what we. No, no, it was uh, Stankovic, was it not? No. No, it was Nikishin, no, you're right, sorry, yeah. apologies. Uh, so, anyway, so this is how it goes. Ready fence, passivity. Ready fence, passivity. Uh, ready fence. Into the B- third period. Into the third period now. Yeah. Ready fence. Bit of fencing. But essentially, one of the one of them gets a couple of hits up, and then that's it all over. They, yep. they basically stop trying at that point. They give it a, they give it a go enough that nobody's going to give them a stern t- talking to at the end. Yeah, uh, and then it's basically handshakes all round. Let's get on to the final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's face it, that is not the way you want to be running. If the if the you're paying attention to how Epi's been run, we don't want to see this. And in fact, you made a point earlier in the in the day about I think it was the last sixteen fight. I think. Uh, that you were watching, and it was one I'd missed. I, I was doing something. Was it Zoo? Yes, someone. I can't remember. You said, "Oh God, this is a boring fight." I can't remember exactly which one it was, but yeah, I mean, there was. Oh, yeah. it was earlier in the day. I was busy during the day, so I missed it. Uh, oh, and it, it might have been Stankovic against Zoo. Yeah, China in the last sixteen. That's why you ring a bell. But yeah, it was one where I, I was sort of picking fights out, not quite at random, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all, all four pieces uh, were were being streamed. Yep. You know, you're dotting around between them, um, and that that was a particularly tedious one. Yeah. Um, so of I, course, I may just have been unlucky, and maybe uh, fascinating stuff going on in the other few pieces. Yeah. But so the bad news for Stankovic is he's now in my bad book. Yeah. So yeah. I circle around his name, and I'm keeping an eye on him to see exactly how boring he's going to be for the rest of the year. <laughs> He's a big well, guy, though, so if I ever meet him, he's going to be lovely. Uh, yeah, so. of course. You'll be, you'll be incredibly polite to him if you meet him in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... Just looking at the, the results from the, the quarterfinals, and again, I kind of picked out fights here and there. Last eight ones, we've got Nikishin winning a 9-7 mm-hmm. uh, against Bida. Uh, Sangyong Park, our, our Korean favourite in, yep. in this whole thing, uh, with a 10-6 win. Uh, you're not going to be setting the world on fire with that particular fight either. It was a bit of a boring one. Right, okay. I mean, like, Park won it, won it comfortably. Yeah. But Anokin's not the most exciting fencer. And Park just won it, and then that was that. Okay. So, yeah, 
stuff that I saw wasn't great and mm-hmm. concerns about quite a bit of the other stuff wasn't no. wasn't no. that thrilling either. No. And then you have the the snooze thorn between Mikishan and Ryzen in the yeah. semi final. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. No. Um partially he's disposed of uh Stankovic sort of reasonably comfortable with a comfortable yeah. fifteen eleven. I mean that that was an okay but that was I would say that was an average Park v Stankovic was just an average epi fight. Right. It was fine. It was okay. But yeah. it wasn't I mean I'm not gonna be I'm not going to be going, oh, you must check this fight out. But it was fine. Yeah, no. but it w- equally it's not one that's going to be a big red flag for the FIE to go, this is what's wrong no, with it. No, because stuff happened all the way through. Yeah, okay. That's no. fine, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's what we want. Exactly. That's want. And that's clearly what the FIE want as well. Yeah. And if Epi doesn't give it to them, they have something nasty weakening in the background. So, yeah. anyway, on to the final. Samuel Park uh, had a bit of a rubbish end to last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of lost form pretty dramatically. I think the, I think the other half teams half. were really focused on beating him as well. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, so he dropped down the rankings a bit. I think he was, he was outside the top 10 that's right. at the beginning of the season. Not by much. I think 12 or something like that coming into this competition. Uh, but a pretty comfortable win for him in the final. Yeah, and let's uh, face it. Vacation. Let's face it, he looked like he was on fire in the, in the final. He yeah. wanted, I think it was like a, like he was make, felt like he was making a point. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I am here. I am, I am I a good am fan of article. Yeah. Yeah. Forget about the end of last season. Yeah. Remember, and just remember the good stuff. And the kitchen just doesn't didn't have the skills to to cope with someone as dynamic as Park. Yeah, you can't out, you can't you can't be boring with someone like Park because he's just going to make it happen. Yes, yeah. and there was uh, some actually if you if you watch it if you watch it it's really interesting because Park has a capability to go into the critical distance where you know a hit's going to happen. Yeah, if you were the fencer on the receiving end of that, you you know you're getting hit, and yet can still change it and hit you somewhere else. It's, it's really something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. A lot of setups or something. I don't know. How do you get <laughs> to that point? But it's. Uh, but it was. It was a. It was a really, really great technical demonstration of how you just demolish someone who won't fence you. So, so if you're struggling to beat someone who uh, who won't fence, watch that fight. You'll learn something. Yeah. Whether you can actually do it, I think that's well. I think that maybe the the, the problem obviously that uh, even fences who are are trying to change the. The dynamic of epifencing. Yeah, if you don't have the skills to do it, that's going to be difficult. Yeah, but so is that, no matter sense? your your no matter your mindset, no matter your inclination. Yeah, that uh, if you haven't got the goods, it's that that's that dynamic sense of the timing and having having the strength and the conditioning to be able to implement it. It re- is really impressive. All the Koreans when they're on form like this is really something to watch. Anyway, you know me; I'm a massive fan. Yep. But the less said about the semi-final between Japan and Korea, the better. Uh, okay, yeah. Now, I didn't watch any of the team stuff, I yeah. must admit. But just looking at the scores... Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Point. Semi-finals of the team event don't look great when you come to the scores. Yeah, yeah I missed the second other one. I haven't watched the Italy-Russia one, but the okay. Japan-Korea, well, nah, boring. In, in the second semi-final, Russia beat Italy 35-31. Yeah. And most people hearing that sort of score are going to think, that's got to be pretty bad. Mm. So, as compensation, tell me how good would the first one have been with uh, Korea edging out Japan 27-26? That's not a thought. These, these guys are probably fence all the time, though. Because, you know, they're in the same, they're in the same thing. They, go to the, they probably meet fairly regularly. Hmm. I can't defend it. It's just rubbish. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, a bit better in the final. Uh, so, Korea sort of using their sort of dynamic fencing skills to to defeat the sort of much more traditional Russian EPA. Russian EPA is currently point straight me as a, a bit of a collection of plodders. There's no there's no yeah. stars in there. No, there's not at all. I mean I just said Anokin was a bit boring. Yeah. You know. I can't even remember who's on the team. That's how interesting they are. Anyway, never mind. But you know, the, the Koreans exciting, they just managed it, got all the way through it. Uh nothing really exciting. it's just just a victory for Korea. Okay. Before we started getting getting through the competitions and deciding whether things were good or not, and looking at the evils of the world and what the FIE has in store after the first two Epi World Cups of the season, are the FIE sitting there thinking, "Oh, well, things aren't so bad after all," uh, or are they thinking, "Now, wait a minute, where's that proposal? We still got time to dust that off before Congress." Well, Congress is when in uh, November, yeah, yeah. So you know they could still. I'm be- not sure they can bring it back in now. No, because they voted in the articles for the Congress, so I don't think they can. Well, we'll probably get an email from somebody telling us that, that no, they can still bring it in if they want to. All right, okay. But if I was the FIE, you've just you've just put away one horrible suggestion, mm-hmm. then you watch Bernie think, do you know what? I think we need we need to come back to this. Yeah. So uh, 
Epius, if you're paying attention to this, get on with it. Save, save yourselves. So, yeah, just just do something. Yeah. Okay, and that's so it. That's our our first lot of competition uh, roundup. Fairly densely packed. No interview this time round. Um, I did have a whole load of interview interviews lined. I had a whole day of interviews lined up to do at the Liverpool Centre, mm-hmm. including an interview with with Richard Cruz, which would have been just immediately after his winning Cairo, which yeah. sadly in the end I couldn't make because I was. Uh, I was indisposed. However, I'm going to try and catch up with all these people that I had planned to interview that day. So we'll have a, a bundle of good interviews to mm-hmm. look forward to a little bit later in the season. Um, thanks once again to our our sponsors, Lee and Paul, mm-hmm. uh, for their, their wonderful support. And also to our supporters on Patreon, um, who are going to get a couple of little audio goodies from Gav, mm-hmm. um, appearing in their in their inbox on, on Patreon, if you'd like to be part of that select of the group costs you almost nothing well as little as a dollar a month because uh, they do it in dollars on Patreon which you get early release of all our episodes yep. and the occasional little audio like audio delight uh, little extras from from me and Gab plus of course the, the warm glow of knowing that you're doing a wonderful thing uh, so that'll just about do us until next time be a much shorter gap between this one yeah. and the next one than there was between this one and the previous one so hope you've enjoyed it and uh, good to be back in action and we'll speak to you again soon. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.